Hi, this is Gloria Christie, and I'm going to read a chapter from my book, Three White Lions. This is episode number eight. Gloria could feel the tremors of the American democracy shaking beneath her paws, even stronger in the safe house. The frozen stargazers had tried desperately to cleave the nation apart, pitting one group against the other. But people's neighbors, friends, and family members were not the enemy, as the bitter propaganda tried to force upon them. And periodically, they remembered that. She considered the situation and said, truly, it is the freedom-loving Americans versus the oppressors. Thus far, the oppressors have been unsuccessful. But for how long? If I can extract the pieces that make up the massive machine the cold ones have ready to divide the Americans and crush American democracy, we three can bring truth to the nation. It is like putting puzzle pieces together to see the entire picture, except I have to find the pieces myself. The people do not understand that they can literally, within minutes and within feet, from waking up to a completely different country on January 7. Instead of the freedoms that come with democracy, ones people had taken for granted for decades, they would be living under a cold, uncaring dictator. Never mind that he was also as insane as the Queen of Hearts in Lewis Carroll's delightful Alice in Wonderland and given to rages that lasted for days. She said, in this alternative reality, the leading, um, the leading politicians on the other side would be rotting in the special political dungeons that someone had ordered. Someone? It had been an insane asylum before, and the groans and cries of those in the late 1800s still echoed in its dank, moldy walls. The streets and parks were eerily empty, free of protesters. The bodies of some of the protesters still lay where they had been shot. A haze of gun smoke lingered over those who moved too slowly, the elderly and the children and others. Gloria cringed at the reality she knew could have been theirs and still might be. A screaming woman tried to reach her child's body in a wild attempt, but the special police caught her and dragged her off to one of the satellite prisons northwest of Great Falls, Montana, on the desolate plains where the winds were constant, blowing in near-desert terrain 
with only 14 inches of rain each year, unless they were buried under two feet of snow. When the Americans flipped on CNN or MSNBC, a blazing white screen stared back at them, its white snow crackling. Gloria saw the tragedy unfold in her mind and said, on January 7, women across the country were barred from their employer's businesses and told that the new team forbade them from working outside of the home from now on. They were to only care for the children and their husbands. If they had none, one would be provided. Or heaven forbid, they might even have to share a man. Oh my. Their previous jobs had already been given to men and boys too young to work and certainly unqualified. All of the states had copied Texas' dreadful anti-abortion laws. In addition, all but the birth control had been all of the birth control had been destroyed overnight, much to the concern of the pharmacist everywhere. It was too much change to absorb overnight. Women were stunned. Their husbands were confounded. One no-nonsense senator was a big farmer, too. He could be heard bellowing for justice in the sub-sub-basis of the political basement of the political prison. Texas had moved its border north to consume Oklahoma. Now, though, it was called North Texas. The special police were hunting for liberal journalists to take to the political prison. One escaped and made her way to where her sister and niece lay in a wind-whipped western Kansas cemetery, believing she would be safe there. Instead, she walked right into the arms of a guard because, you see, the political prison was located there at the center of the nation for equal access. Soon on all the television networks, the ex-president stepped up to the podium, the presidential seal behind him, just like in North Korea, the dictator he loved. America's former president decided to pipe the deadly propaganda into all of Americans' homes 24-7. He told his country that he preferred to be called king. That was what people who knelt before him and at his home called him already. Fortunately, Gloria, Barbara, and Susan were there, she thought. America was in a terribly perilous time, but all was not lost. The truth in the form of us prevails. That, and thanks to a handful of brave patriotic government employees, 
including the 82-year-old grandmother who had been her county election official for eight over 30 years. What a character. What a patriot. Had they failed to do their duty, that arm of the insurrection would have been successful too. You see, there were many arms to this attempt to overthrow the wealthiest nation of all. Next time, all of them would have been replaced by acolytes of the last team. In fact, elections had them on the ballot for the midterms, and if people did not vote for um, away from the frozen stargazers, all will still be lost. Gloria was on her way to find the woman senator, but she had not yet arrived. And Susan was still guarding the president, all the while considering what to do about the man who wanted to meet them. She wondered. The president said that he was the one who recommended, recommended the call to the three white lions. So he must already know about them. But how? It was a dilemma. Barbara had just started working on her yacht senator's third ring of very prejudiced. The moment she attached her mind to that ring, she knew, oh, something is wrong, very wrong. There should be entry locks to hook my mind into, but the surface of this ring is shiny and solid. And what is this? Instead of a warm connection, she felt a cold, smooth, stainless steel surface. She could not penetrate it to heal it. Instead, it was worse, way worse. She felt the ring's man magnetic tug pulling her into it. Frightened, she, Barbara tried to pull away. Even with her superior human strength, she was no match for the stainless steel ring. She had to reduce the energy she spent to keep her human form intact. That meant she had to let go of it and return to her 20-foot lioness form. She watched the senator. The look on his face is almost conic comical. He can see that my head is easily four times larger than his, but he cannot absorb this reality. It does not fit with any of his brain slots. <laughs> so the senator simply passed out. She would have laughed had she not been so concerned about this very odd ring. With one financial tug, with one final ferocious tug, tug, Barbara pulled away from him and leaped to the shore in one bounding jump. jump. That cold embedded in the senator is actually following me. I can't take it back to her safe house. I cannot bear to bring such evil back to the two. But there's an alternative. Instead, she had headed out of the city 
and raced toward the woods. In the meantime, Gloria and Susan linked as they were to Barbara, felt the lioness reality send them a jolt. The elder lioness had already packed her work away behind the wooden panels of their safe house, and Susan sent her oldest and most, most trusted minor self, one of the red people, to watch over the president. Then the two of them ran after Barbara to protect her. By that time, Barbara was running down a trough fed by underground springs. The cold evil haunted even her thoughts. It drained her until she was not certain she could make it to her destination. Then at last she saw the old man in the tree. He was waiting for her and opened his wooden arms toward her. The lioness moved as if to climb the tree, but standing on her powerful hind legs and hugging him with the front ones, in turn the tree folded his arms around her and folded her within him. As soon as she was inside, Susan tumbled in. Gloria was right behind her. At last they were safe, at least for a while. Barbara had just got there and she was trembling from the fright. So they stood one on each side of her to share the energy and their calm. Soon, the youngest lioness was breathing normally and relaxed. The cold had released its evil grip, unable to reach inside of the tree. In the alternate reality, the useful idiot King Dud had already ordered a military parade like the ones the French and North Koreans had. Only his was bigger, longer, and showed more massive military weapons, so heavy that the streets around the free formerly free capital crumbled beneath their chains. The weight of repression hung over the heads of the shocked population. In this alternate reality, Gloria realized that all was not lost, though. There was the human character and strength. She said, but all was not lost. Five police gave their lives on January 6th to protect the legislators. Another 140 were injured. One lost an eye, another one lost his fingers. But thanks to a handful of brave patriotic government employees, including the 82-year-old grandmother who had been her county election official for over 30 years, saved them. These and other patriots at the county level resisted the intense persuasive powers of the king. The three white lions within the safe arms of the tree wondered, 
would Americans understand that they had been given just one more chance to save all their freedoms? But that was all. Those behind the attempted coup were fast remedying the mistakes from their first attacks and were fast attacking everyone. The truth in the form of the white lions still prevailed until the midterm elections. Americans could save their country if they woke 